aspiring leaders, current leaders, and anyone who wishes to increase their leadership skills and improve their career. My name is Gary Davison, and I am the Poobah of the Lodge of Leaders podcast. Each week, we'll do a deep dive into the skills and elements of skill set development to help you reach greater heights and to help you grow those leaders around you. What can you expect from the Lodge of Leaders podcast? It's simple. My name is Gary Davison, and I am a leader with 25 years of leadership experience. In that time, I've grown in excess of 20 leaders to executive level positions in the field of education. I've been a teacher, assistant principal, principal, university faculty member, a board member on many charities, in addition to the roles I've held outside of the field of education. These all give me a very unique perspective that I can bring to helping to grow you and the leaders around you. After you embrace the thoughts, beliefs, and actions of the systems that I've put into place, it's my belief that you will see your own leadership skills improve and thus your career will prosper. You can expect to grow and you can expect to grow those around you if you put the work into your skill set and you're honest with your feedback. Remember, friction makes for growth and we will grow. Welcome Lodge members to episode five of the Lodge of Leaders podcast. Today, Lodge members, we're going to get into an area of uh, leaders providing self-feedback and how they can go about doing that in our uh, episode today calling circular or meta-coaching for the leader self. So how you can provide that for yourself. Great leaders will change the way you look at any challenge. They can make the impossible seem well within your reach. Think of anyone you value as a leader. Is this someone you want to follow? Is that same person capable of leading you confidently into a tough situation? Do you see that terrific vision that they are steering you toward? Have they related their vision to you? In my first year as a teacher, I was frustrated by a group of students who were desperately needing assistance. There were several students failing classes and not completing their homework. As a newbie teacher, I completed my first quarter report cards and took them to my principal for her analysis and signature. Back in the day, this was back in 1990, report cards were handwritten and devoid of any computer feedback and, and printout. Subsequently, then, teachers had much more analysis and prediction to complete than today, to complete grades than they do today. Once my principal analyzed the report cards, her next few minutes with me completely changed my professional life's direction. Her first question was, what do you think of the work of your kids? Astonished, I replied, they are failing. Shaking her head, she began my education to a very different paradigm by her next statement. Are, are they failing you or are you failing them? Wow, I now had my head swirling with a lot of defensive feedback to give her. Although cutting, her statement was right on, but I couldn't see that yet. I went back to my classroom and licked my wounds. I felt as though I progressed through the portal of each stage of regret and defensiveness. Was my behavior deplorable? She had to be wrong and not able to see, see it my way. How could I prove to her that I was right and she was wrong? Every time I played through the scenarios, I came to the same result. She was saying something that I had to learn, and I had to understand it. 
The next day, I marched into her office and asked her to help me understand what she meant. She said in a very calm voice, you are failing them. That day was the beginning of my education. She then proceeded to share with me her vision of learning, which us teachers take the burden of students learning upon ourselves and hold ourselves accountable. The remaining year, school year, she took it as a personal challenge to help me see her vision clearly. It took the entirety of the year. In hindsight, it was much more more valuable than any college course I'd ever taken. Her feedback to me and commitment to my development was truly a leadership lesson for which I am eternally grateful. The words of Ronald Reagan come to mind here when he said, The greatest leader is not necessarily the one who does the greatest things. He is the one that gets people to do the greatest things. What is meta-coaching? Meta-coaching is the process by which a leader can provide themselves with the necessary feedback to to improve their own performance. Meta-coaching requires the use of self-monitoring and feedback set against an objective background of performance standards to result in a more effective production. The use of performance standards is critical in this process. Why do we need meta-coaching? Self-leadership development can be defined in various ways. In the most basic sense, it involves directing one's behaviors, thoughts, and abilities in the pursuit of long-term leadership goals and behaviors. Specifically, circular meta-coaching for self-leadership refers to the continual model of leadership development that one may apply to themselves to regulate their behaviors and actions. Additionally, leaders can utilize their best abilities to lead an organization with, with their internal locus of control aligned with their actions. This locus of control can fuel their action plan. This action plan can lead to a, development, a developmental process. I mentioned meta-coaching and self-leadership after the, after the previous example of my own learning for one specific reason. For the next two years, I spent every moment considering her words, you are failing them. This phrase rattled around in my head and led me to analyze my own behaviors. The meta-coaching cycle began here for me. I started to become my own professional developer. Certainly, the school and district had PL models and sessions to attend. However, I grabbed the handlebars of my own learning as a personal challenge. Directing my own learning can serve many more reasons than my own personal challenge. You are your own coworker for the entirety of your career. What better collaboration than with your own self? You are able to be your own gold watch. Additionally, you are able to respond to your learning needs very quickly. The pace may be greatly accentuated by your own learning. Ray Kroc once said, The quality of a leader is reflected in the standards they set for themselves. Additionally, you may serve in a role, uh, maybe one of, the, of professional solitude. That means you are the only leader in your location. Personally, as a high school principal, I fall into that category. I am considered the leader of the organization. Feedback doesn't often make its way back to me, but I need that accountability partner that will be unforgiving in the frankness of the feedback I receive. 
You may be a solo leader in your organization and need a method to grow professionally. Meta coaching can be the answer for you. Finally, as technology becomes more prevalent in the workplace, many leaders are leading from afar. They are leadership shut-ins. Distance leadership means that leaders use digital methods to correspond with subordinates to accomplish the organizational goals. If they use technology to communicate, then how is the leader supposed to grow if not by their own hand? Meta-coaching can be the answer for them as well. Several characteristics lend themselves to the appropriateness of meta-coaching. First, the leader must be cognizant of their own deficits. They must be able to have the humility to recognize their skills and abilities as well as what is not a strength for them. A level of emotional maturity is, is a necessity to command your own learning. Also, being a bold leader is a characteristic necessity for learning. Boldness does not mean waiting for a deficit to become an out-of-control issue. There are a couple of feedback models that provide the background for our circular meta-coaching model. The two that we're going to speak to speak to today are one, the SBI feedback model, and two, Peterson's feedback process model. We'll talk about both. First, the SBI model. The model known as the SBI feedback model bases feedback on facts. This succinct manner is so the individual can understand the effects of their action. Let's go through the steps. First, situation is the S. Describe the situation with specifics. Then you move to B, behavior. Describe the behavior observed. Do not try to guess at motives or causes for the behavior. And finally, I, impact. Describe the impact that, uh, that the be observed behavior had. The SBI model is a favorite among managers and emerging leaders. The model is a rudimentary reminder of structured and efficient communication around performance indicators. Additionally, unnecessary emotion is eliminated from the conversation and is kept in check. Judgment and ambiguous intentions are left out of the discussion. Thus, there is significant ease in administering the SBI model. The SBI can be an effective and clear tool when principals are meeting with new teachers and teachers who may be struggling with their performance. Both new teachers and struggling teachers need clear, unambiguous direction and frequent feedback. Thus, timing and frequency of this type of feedback is relevant here. This makes the SBI ideal for an emerging leader to use with his own learning. When providing your own feedback, clarity is the situation. And behavior steps make, make the impact step virtually a no-brainer. There are other feedback models that use similar language and steps, such as the beef, behavior, example, effect, future, the aid, action, impact, development, uh, or desired behavior, and the BIF model, behavior, impact, future, and feelings. Note that the BIF model seeks the next level of feedback for the receiver as it asks them to share their feelings. The second feedback model we're going to talk, talk about today that, that undergirds the idea of circular meta-coaching is the idea of the Pendleton feedback model. 
The Pendleton feedback model seeks to use two-way dialogue to hold performance against a consistent standard. Note that the elements of future improvement are identified and hopefully acted upon. First, let the employee give comments or background to the behavior or situation that is that has been observed. They then, the employee or the emerging leader, identifies what went well. You as the veteran leader or growth leader identifies what went well. Then you ask the emerging leader, what could be improved? Then you provide feedback on what you've seen that can be improved. Finally, the last step is that you as the active leader and the emerging leader agree on an action plan for performance. In the circular meta-coaching model, we seek to use elements from each of these models. There is, there is the simplicity of the SBI model and the use of future improvement orientation from the Pendleton model. Our feedback loop in the circular meta-coaching model involves the following steps, following elements. First, a standard setting. A, the leader sets a standard to measure himself against. The metrices. The leader establishes metrices to measure himself against. Execute. The leader implements the plan without deviation. Choice. To what degree has the leader met these standards? If the progress is sufficient, continue to develop more sophisticated applications of the standards. If the progress is not sufficient, reevaluate actions taken. This could entail doing triage to a situation to remedy. After the necessary triage, reevaluate the standard as to whether it is an effective model and or appropriate metrics have been used. And also share. At the conclusion of effective leadership practices, the leader is to share their new learnings with leaders they are determined to grow. Additionally, refining your internal feedback loop with this with use of the model, Jahari's window, and looking at future considerations means that sharing has a metacognitive impact on you, the leader. The leader can share with themselves through simply journaling, working with other team members, or those in similar positions at other locations. The purpose is to describe and evaluate the same elements they just performed. The circular meta-coaching model is clearly circular as the leader progresses through the following steps. Step one, develop a model of leaders you wish to emulate. Listeners, we remember back to one of our previous podcasts where we talked about uh, asking leaders that you want to grow to develop their own Mount Rushmore. That's what this refers back to. The Mount Rushmore activity is an excellent uh, model to put in step one. Step two, determine what elements of emotional intelligence you possess. Again, that goes into the other activity we did called the leadership sentence, where you talk about what are those strengths that you have and how how do others see those manifested into action. Step three, set a goal of the characteristics of the leader you wish to be. Guys, that goes back to the Mount Rushmore activity. Step four, establish a set of matrices to measure your own effectiveness against. Again, you've got to set some, some benchmarks along the way. Don't just wait for the final product. Set some benchmarks for you 
for your performance along the way. Step five, execute your leadership actions. Step six, evaluate your effectiveness based upon the matrices. Again, be really honest and be really open with yourself. Considerations. Once you become proficient as a leader against the standards, there are facets of your leadership that you can take to the next level. Step one, I call it SS for standard setting. You want to develop a model of leaders you wish to emulate. In my administrative leadership training at the University of Missouri at St. Louis, I was lucky enough to have a professor that lit up my desire completely. His name was Dr. Fred Bradley. Dr. Bradley was serving as a superintendent in Southeast Missouri. He had many qualities of an excellent leader that I wish to emulate. First, he was extremely thoughtful and tactful. He could explain anything negative or critical to anyone. He modeled delivering bad news in critical situations and never backing down. I respected his bravery and ability. Also, he had an extremely sharp wit that he often employed. He would recite names of all the members of a class at the drop of a hat. He emphasized the soft skills of a leader and the need to appreciate everyone in the room. Additionally, I respected my very first principal, Miss Debbie Decker. She was the principal who made me think in the first story I previously mentioned. Her ability to lead me to understand her vision rather than simply telling me was incredible. She placed popcorn on the trail for me to follow in every conversation we had. Finally, my grandfather, Earl George, is a leader me- leadership mentor for me. He was a manager of several stores and bars, not an educator, but he certainly was a teacher. He taught me a work ethic that is second to none. After following his lead, I will never be outworked by anyone. John C. Maxwell has said, we cannot lead anyone farther than we have been ourselves. Number two, determine the elements of your own emotional intelligence to better control your own leadership. Emotional intelligence has three components. One, emotional awareness. Two, the ability to harness those emotions and apply them, and three, the ability to manage your emotions. As previously mentioned, being able to be mature, confident, reflective, and humble require an understanding of one's own emotions. The internal nature of the meta-coaching model requires this step. Do not underestimate the need to spend time in reflection for your abilities in this domain. Don't shortchange yourself. Align the the results of your emotional intelligence to the model of leaders you wish to emulate. This modeling will provide you the parameters necessary to guide you. What emotional intelligence did they show? What is it that you can exhibit to make your own personality fit leadership scenarios? There's a very clear reason for this analysis. To be able to use meta-coaching, you will have to do a lot of internal self-talk. To effectively tailor the message and control negative thoughts, your emotional intelligence needs to be on point. Joshua Liebman said many years ago, maturity is achieved when a person postpones immediate pleasures for long-term values. Step three, set a goal of the characteristics of the leader you wish to be. Each day, Leaders enter their place of work never knowing what events and dilemmas will confront them from moment to moment. 
However, having solid attack skills will leave you prepared for any situation or circumstance. The attack skills are not an ancient martial art that is used in the octagon. Rather, it is a set of skills that are in your quiver ready to to deploy at a moment's notice. What is your purpose in saying that? Or, I am eager to assist you in any way. Are a few go-to statements that I have found to be tremendously helpful in those circumstances. Communication and reaction, or I should say, lack lack of negative reaction is critical. The calm demeanor and ability to communicate are firmly entrenched in my plan of attack skills. Additionally, planning to build relationships with everyone in my sphere of influence on a daily basis serves as a non-negotiable in my day. Advice I received from my mentors has led me to practice these skills first thing each and every day. This starter skill for me sets the tone for me and anyone I influence that day. Step four, establish a set of matrices that you can use to measure yourself. In the circular meta-coaching model, a leader needs to have a set of standards to measure their effectiveness. Having a standard for continual measurement provides a basis for the decision in later steps in the model. The feedback for yourself should be qualitative and quantitative. Specific quantitative measures such as classrooms visited, observations conducted, feedback conversations held, or positive interactions with students or staff constitute good measurable goals. Additionally, qualitative measures can, can, lead, can give a leader context to their effectiveness or lack of connection in areas. Measurements such as comments shared can give further background to provide ongoing feedback. Step five, execute your leadership plan, goals, methods, and actions to show how daily commitment to being the most effective leader is possible. I try to give myself a daily checkup with the relationship goals that I've established. Frequency of contact, quality of interactions, and results of any contact made is the context of the execution. This step is the action step. The more opportunities for execution you have, the better the background you have to predict possible outcomes of of a variety of situations. This is where experience comes in. Believe it or not, I once said, a lack of feedback is a time bomb waiting to explode. And the last um, step in this is evaluate your effectiveness based upon the metrics you've determined that are valuable. In this stage, you as the leader, evaluate your own effectiveness based on metrics that you have selected. Being humble and honest with oneself is critical. In the evaluation process, dishonesty does you no good. Consider pushing yourself to be critically selective. Here is an excellent opportunity to challenge yourself for your own improvements. As you analyze your performance, there are three possible outcomes. Two are positive and one being negative. The outcome of this brings you to a fork in the road. If the outcomes are positive... Assess ways to make your feedback even better, refining it, and go back to step four. Determine if you need to refine your goals or add areas of focus to add to your repertoire. Going from this evaluation stage back to the development matrices stage brings the circular nature of this model to play. 
Additionally, as you become more sophisticated in your leadership acumen, I would suggest looking for models to help you improve your own performance. Becoming more aware of your own liabilities improves your likelihood of success. If your evaluation reflects a negative outcome, then a different step is necessary. First, I would reevaluate the circumstances of factors that led you to evaluate it negatively. What was going on? Determine factors, timing, communication skills needed, and other variables that would help. Next, search for the necessary tools to accomplish the goals. Also, realize that failure to succeed is not ultimate failure. Continued lack of success could be detrimental to your leadership. However, do not take this opportunity to have a pity party. Reflect and move on. Go back to stage one by reconsidering the models of leadership you have selected. Proceed through the stages until you have experienced success. Do not shortchange yourself. A critical eye with improvement can be very helpful here. A mistake made repeatedly is now a pattern of bad decisions. Once you have cycled through the model a number of times, you can then pursue future considerations. This is a share element. A more sophisticated step would be to lead up by building relationships with your superiors. Leading up can help you with your upper, upward mobility as well as your long-term relationships. Additionally, find several methods for dealing with conflict in an effective manner. As your career progresses, you are seen as a leader, you will need and as a leader, you will need more methods for dealing with conflict or friction. Also, find ways to share your personal leadership growth model with others. At some point, you will want to grow those emerging leaders that identify you as their mentor. Remember, the effective leader is able to see the best in others that have never seen it in themselves. To summarize those steps, the circular meta-coaching model has step one, develop a model of leaders you wish to emulate. Step two, determine what elements of emotional intelligence you possess. Step three, set a goal of the characteristics of those leaders you wish to be. Step four, establish a set of matrices to measure your own effectiveness against. Step five, execute your leadership actions. And finally, step six, evaluate your effectiveness based upon these matrices. Lodge members, if you do that, you will find much better growth in yourself. You will be much more equipped to then grow the leaders around you. Thanks for listening to the Lodge of Leaders podcast. If you'd like to join me in the Lodge, it's very simple. Leave us a five-star rating in the Apple podcast platform. Really appreciate that. Also, you can go to my website at drgarydavison.com and select the Contact Us button. There, you can give me your thoughts, your feedback to the podcast, and any follow-up that you've had after trying some of the strategies that we've shared here. Remember, experience is not the best teacher. Feedback is. Until next time, Lodge members.